this time on episode 351 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We discuss Luke Cage, season 2, episode 11, The Creator, and episode 12, Can't Front Me, and weekly Marvel news. I'm Andrew from the Dad.io podcast. Life supplies the inputs and we supply the outputs. Part of the Going to Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic and amazing geeky shows at goingtogeeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Haley. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Thursday, September 24th, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast to my YouTube channel today. So, Haley, happy National Cherries Jubilee Day. Yay. Eh. It's Cherries Jubilee is a dessert. Involves cherries and brandy and lighting the brandy on fire. And it seems that is drama. And now we have ice cream. It's more of a British dish, isn't it? Yeah, it was popular. Queen Victoria populated the dessert. Yeah, never had it. Me either. We'll celebrate the concept, if not the uh, execution. (laughs) Exactly. All right, so Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. Because of Forbush Law Firm. If you would like to talk to us about a law firm, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can visit our Facebook page, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can see us on YouTube, youtube.com slash geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You enjoyed our Discord server at geek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. We sure are. All right, we're talking Luke Cage, Season 2, Episodes 11 and 12. They dropped on Netflix June 22nd, 2018. So we're just two and a half years out. We're going to catch up any day now. Any day now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And just so you know, Forbush Law Firm is cameo that's in episode 12 that we just watched. Uh, you see Stanley's face on an advertisement for Forbush Law Firm. And Forbush is kind of a character that existed in the letters section in 60s Marvel's comics. Oh, wow. That's cool. That is something I did not know. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so the creative team behind episode 11, The Creator. This episode was directed by Steven Sergic, has 
62 directing credits starting in 1985, including one X-Files, one Eureka, six episodes of Warehouse 13, 10 Burn Notice, one Arrow, one of The Flash, one Defenders, one of The Punisher, two Luke Cage, two Iron Fist, four episodes of Daredevil, one Runaways, three The Gifted, three Jessica Jones, three Lost in Space, and two episodes of The Witcher. This episode had two writers. The first writer is Nicole Morante Matthews, has eight writing credits starting in 2001, including three Any Day Now, four episodes of Huff, one of the nine, one Kane, two episodes of Law and Order Criminal Intent, eight episodes of NCIS, two Luke Cage, and two of The Walking Dead. The other writer is Matthew Lopes, has five writing credits starting in 2014, including one of WWE Raw, one WWE SmackDown, one WWE Main Event, and two episodes of Luke Cage. Hey, Haley. Episode 12, Can't Front Me, was directed by Everardo Gout. He has 15 directing credits starting in 1997. Those include two episodes of Banshee, three Here on Earth, one Luke Cage, two Sacred Lies, nine Mars, one The Terror, and one of Snowpiercer. The episode was written by Mashaka Kroal, who has five writing credits starting in 2007. Those include 12 episodes of One Life to Live, two episodes of Turn, Washington Spies, two of Jessica Jones, and four of Luke Cage. And, of course, Cheo Hodori Coker is the creator and showrunner of the entire series. All right, we try to tie the theme of the episode to the title. Episode 11 is called The Creator. Haley, do you have any idea? Well, it, it's kind of the, um, the creator of some of our characters. So you've got the creator of Bushmaster in The Woman Out in the Jungle. You've got the creator of Mariah with Mama Mabel. And we see a lot more about her uh, and that backstory in this episode. Those are the two big creators, I think, in this episode. I would have to agree. There's a lot of this person started this, you made me, and such. What about episode 12, Can't Front on Me? I feel like everyone in episode 12, like, first we're getting just huge info dumps. Like, I, I thought the whole episode was just going to be people sitting in rooms talking, and I, I was fine with it. Like, I was engrossed in what everybody was saying. Everyone's, like, just coming out with everything. But at the end everyone's like standing at their own point you can't front on them like everyone's on their own side by the time we get to the big fight scene at the end i think there's like five people in the room and nobody's on the same team yeah exactly it's interesting how you think some alliances were going to happen but they don't and things start to fall apart for certain characters so why don't we get into this and start with the creator. This is the aftermath of the incident at the the incident, the burning and shooting at the restaurant. And Luke is quick to just, you know, Luke and Mariah, Luke and Misty are just straight to Mariah, aren't they? Like they said, they, they knew if they gave her immunity, they'd get her on something. Like they knew that. <laughs> exactly. And at first you think they're going to be working together because there's a survivor and Luke is like, yes, we have to, you know, find Ingrid, bring her in, get her to testify. 
But over the course of the episode, Luke changes gears, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's kind of been working towards this all season, but he doesn't work for the police. Like, he's got his own agenda, and his agenda in this episode was keeping her safe. And taking her to the police wasn't necessarily the way that, to do that, and it's not what she wanted to do, so it wouldn't have worked out anyways. That is true, because while at first I was sort of upset at Luke, but then I rewatched the episode, and we got a Karen Page name drop, and it seems as though someone actually leaked it to the press that there was a survivor. Yeah. And when you've leaked it to the public, it adds a level of danger. We even see Shades actually find Ingrid as well. But Shades can't pull the trigger. No, he was not okay with what went down in the diner. And uh, he's just not willing to be Mariah's goon anymore after that. Uh, he says this in episode 12, but like, you know, they're criminals, but there's rules to what they do. And she's not following those rules. So. He, he just can't keep going with it. Yeah, it's interesting how a lot of certain motifs from, like I'm thinking about like the Godfather or something where how there's supposed to be that honor among thieves, that unwritten rule of the street. And it's very interesting. Like last episode I talked about, you know, is Hernan Shades the voice of reason? And it seems as though he might be because he actually wants those particular rules to stay in place. Mm -hmm. Well, even Mama Mabel had rules too, like no drugs. That was the family rule. Like they dealt in guns, they dealt in prostitution. They, I think they were running illegal booze operations during Prohibition. Like they, they were in a lot of shady stuff, but drugs is not what they did. And Mariah breaks the family rule too. Like no rules apply to her. Yeah. And what we find out, talking about like Mama Mabel and Mariah, Bushmaster is, you know, he's been injured. Tilda is treating him, it seems as though on her own, like she's not being threatened. She's actually, you know, actually treating Bushmaster. Didn't they kidnap her, though, to start with? To start with. But she's also, she's a doctor. So like, yeah, you treat the patient in front of you. Yeah. And she really doesn't want to because she knows the nightshade is hurting Johnny Bushmaster just as much as it can help him. And then in his fever, in until this treatment, we get flashbacks and we start in the 1980s. You know, this is it's really weird. We get this flashback to the past and it's the 1980s. And I was alive them live <laughs> then. And so we're starting getting Stories told now getting flashback in the past to when I was a kid. So now this lets me know how old I am. <laughs> but come on, you know, remember like you watch certain movies and it's back in the past and it's back when you're like your parents were kids or whatever. It's now it's when I was a kid. I'm just. Yeah, they're, they're starting to get into like flashbacks into the 90s too now sometimes. And yeah, that's time. Well, in, 19, in the 1980s, we get them in Jamaica, and it's Mama Mabel, Uncle Pete, the lawyer, Donovan, right? Yeah. And then Cornell and Mariah, they're all in Jamaica. 
and they're staying at Gwen's and Johnny, who's going to become Bushmaster, is working there. And what an interesting conversation at that table. Yeah. Between Mama Mabel and Gwen and the two lawyers. And it's like they both could have buried this then. You know, that's that's a road they could have gone down and they both could have made a lot of money and they both could have like it could have worked out for everybody. But everybody has to be like the sole source of power. Uh, We see it with Mama Mabel. Mariah has inherited that. There's only room for one queen. Yeah, it's interesting. They actually do show the napkin where it says 50, 50 percent, 50, 50 Harlem's Paradise, Bushmaster Rome. Both of them signed it, Mm -hmm. which I'm not a lawyer, but in some circumstances, that is actually considered a legal binding contract. But it also goes back to what Shades was saying, like, you know, there's the honor among thieves. There's like there's rules to this stuff. You know, if you give someone your word, then you have to stick to that, especially when the consequences of breaking your word might be like getting chucked off a roof or set on fire. It could have just been they just could have settled it right then and there if Mama Mabel was willing to, you know, actually make a deal. Instead, she sets Gwen's house on fire. Yep. And that's where we get the beginning of, you know, Bushmaster. We heard his side of the story and now we actually, you know, we see the lead up to it. Yeah, uh, up to that point, all we'd had was him saying, oh, half of this should be mine. And you're like, really, dude? But then you see it all and you're like, he's completely right. Like, he's one of those villains where you completely understand where he's coming from. You agree with his motivation. You don't agree with his actions because, you know, popping off people's heads and stuff. But like you see where he gets to where he's at, how he gets to where he's at. Yeah, and Mabel takes the paperwork and it's like more kindling for the fire looks at him and goes sorry babe what and then two years later johnny's just living his life you know he's with his aunt and uncle he's working that fruit stand and then he gets shot (laughs) to me it seems like if you were gonna shoot him like why didn't they shoot him then i don't know why they waited two years I don't know either. And that, that, you know, bothers me. Maybe, maybe there was a meeting that happened and they heard something. They, maybe they were afraid that something was going to happen and they just wanted to tie up loose ends. Of course, Uncle Pete didn't really tie up that loose end because Uncle takes him up to, not to a hospital, but up the mountain. Yeah. To a healer. And we learned that nightshade doesn't heal, it reveals. Yeah, so they had said, it was in the sep- same episode, they, there was this vaccination that they gave to all the kids, and all the kids that got it died, except for Johnny. So there was already something special about him, and the nightshade just brought out more of that. Yeah, it's really interesting how, you're right, it's just like, wow completely understand where Bushmaster's coming from. Like last season with Diamondback, it was the like half brother who had issues. Blame the son that had no idea instead of the father that set them both on these paths. 
Yeah. But in this case, it's like Mabel created this situation. Yeah. And Mariah is creating a new situation, thinking, talking about being a queen, because her and Shades are not seeing eye to eye anymore. And Mariah has this discussion with Mabel and Uncle Pete. What did you think of that moment? It was a really great scene. And I think we've been seeing pretty much since she killed Cornell last season that she goes off the tracks every once in a while. And it seems like every time it happens, you know, she's she goes a little farther. Yeah. And she ends up going, I am owed. I will be queen. This city will be mine because I deserve it. Yeah. Well, and she was talking about how much better she is than Mama Mabel. Like, I was a councilwoman. I'm a philanthropist. I'm a, mil- a billionaire, millionaire, whatever she is. Like, you know, she's, she's doing all these things. And Mama Mabel's like, we don't run drugs. <laughs> yeah. But at the end, of course, she tells Shades, if I go down, you go down. So Shades decides to uh, turn himself in. He's like, that's fine. As long as I take you with me, I'll go down. Yeah. And what's interesting that this episode ends with Sugar going to Luke. And Luke starting, it's like at first he's, I don't want, I got to stop Bushmaster from killing Mariah. I can't let that happen. And then at the end, he's like, you know what? Maybe I should just let them kill each other because Harlem doesn't need a sheriff anymore it needs a king so is luke thinking that he's gonna be that king because that that doesn't really seem like the position he's been trying to move into i know it, it, it and when we move into can't can't front can't front on me front of me it becomes like you know again luke is like i can't i don't want them to kill each other and then like they end up, Luke ends up helping Bushmaster at the warehouse because Bushmaster, Mariah, who's working with the Chinese, with the drugs, lures Bushmaster out with this drug, calling it Bushmaster, like in earlier in the season where yeah. Bushmaster calls, calls the drug Luke Cage. And, you know, there's a little, there's a nice little mirroring happen there. And... You know, Luke finding, you know, Luke finding out where that warehouse is and then teaming up with Bushmaster because that was a cool fight. Yeah. It's the only time we've seen them on the same side. And I would not want to go up against the two of them on the same side. Yeah. And Luke even gets Bushmaster to not kill, you know, just take him out. Don't kill. And at first you're like, okay, maybe, maybe were you actually thinking for a moment they could actually perhaps partner up? Long term, no. Because the show is called Luke Cage. And I I think you kind of know from the time you're introduced to Bushmaster that this is his season and this is all we're going to get of him. The only way I could see that happening is if he was going to die at the end of the season anyways. Like, die in some heroic way. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe they would, you know, team up for a little bit to help get Mariah. But no, Bushmaster is still intent on burning Mariah Stokes, just like his mother was burned. And his uncle. And his, yeah, and now his uncle. And Luke, again, goes from, I don't want you two to kill each other, 
But then he goes to Mariah and is like, you know what? I think I'm just going to let you two kill each other. Well, because I think he knows, like, if it comes down to the two of them attempting to kill each other, Mariah is the one that will end up dead. Yeah. And they have that scene in the office. And he he's like, I'm not going to protect you anymore. And she calls him a Boy Scout. And she's right, because the moment he says, I'm not going to protect you anymore, and he leaves, she does something, she does something, you know, great. She has that unity jam. Because she knows, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to shield Harlem. I'm going to use Harlem as my shield. She's a queen. She's got plenty of pawns to protect her. Yeah. And she gets like the right person to, you know, she hires a legend. And gets people packed into Harlem's paradise. And she knows Luke's going to be there. And that's what happens. Luke shows up. He's kind of predictable. The thing about the good guy is you always know what they're going to do. Exactly. On the other side, talking about someone who does bad. What did you think of Shade's confession scenes? It, It was so good. And he played it so cool. I think up until he started... Like, he got a little bit rattled when he was talking about Comanche. But then when he got to the diner scene and her setting that guy on fire, that was where, like, that's where he quit being, like, so cavalier and grinning and chuckling, like, because that's what broke him apart from Mariah. And he can't play it cool on that part. Yeah, he's so cavalier about it in the beginning that the lawyer that he has is like, you disgust me. You're garbage. I'm leaving. I have to recuse myself. Yeah. And then he's just like, is the deal still good? And they're like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Go away. <sighs> I know. It's just like the way he described killing Candace and oh my gosh. And he gets under Misty's skin with that. He's like, I pretended to be you. I sent her, you dropped your phone. I sent her a text. I snuck up behind her. It all comes down to that pearl handed gun because Misty finds it in Anansi's body. It gets traced back to Candace and it gets traced back to Uncle Pete. It's one of those things that sometimes, you know, your most treasured possession can end up being your downfall. Oh yeah, it's her trophy and it's it's what takes her down. And Shades had it and she was worried about it and she got it back from him and she still kept it as a trophy. Yes. Because at the Unity Jam, we get everybody, like, as you said, we get all these people at this one place, but they end up in their own, like, on their own side. So we have Tilda, who's who's now willingly helping Bushmaster, because Tilda confronted Mariah, and it's just like, you know what, I need this line to maul my mother. So you've got, you know, Tilda with her own mission. You've got Bushmaster, who's also after Mariah. Shades is wanting his deal to go through. Misty wants justice to work out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, she wants the system to take everybody down. Yes. And then Luke. I don't think Luke, Luke didn't know what he wanted to happen when he went in there. Like he knew he had to do something, but he didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah, because we have that fight in the lair, um, which is the safe room Mariah starts building in episode 11. Um, that's where the nice painting is now, by the way. 
And Luke has Bushmaster in a chokehold. Yep. And Mariah is telling him to kill him. Snap his neck. Snap his neck. And this goes back to the earlier episodes of the season where he's choking Cockroach and he almost kills Cockroach. Mm-hmm. And we have it here again because Misty's the one that talks Luke down and stops Luke from actually killing Bushmaster. Yeah. And, and like, luckily, Bushmaster was strong enough to take the beating that Luke gave him. Yeah. Cause then. Bushmaster gets away, mm-hmm. but Mariah gets arrested. Isn't that great? It is. So the end of this episode feels very much like, oh, this is it. This is the conclusion. Like she's going to jail. Bushmaster's still out there. Maybe he's the big bad for season three, but like that, that wraps everything up this season. And Luke Cage tells you it's not over. And then you're like, oh yeah, there's one more episode left. Yeah. It's really interesting how it's like on the surface, not a lot happens, but what happens in these episodes matter. Mm-hmm. So what do you, how do you think this is going to go down? I, I think there's going to be like legal shenanigans and then something has to happen with Bushmaster. I don't know what that's going to be. I feel like Tilda's got to have like another one more turn. In her story, too. I, but I don't know. What I really, like, there were several times when I was watching this episode where I, was, I checked. I'm like, I'm not, I didn't accidentally start watching episode 13, did I? Because I very much thought that it would be like, this is like the big talky-talky episode, and then the big confrontation will happen next week, or in the next episode. And that was not the case. Like, the big confrontation happened. So I don't know what's left and how that's going to play out. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about when it comes to this episode? I'm very interested to see what happens with Bushmaster and Tilda, I think. More so than Luke Cage or Mariah. Yeah, Tilda had that scene in the graveyard with, I didn't know who she was, going to ta- who she was talking to at first. I'm like going, is it? Because she, she started talking about music and stuff. And I was like, is she at Cornell's grave? And she yeah. is. And it's really interesting how she says, you saw Uncle Pete in me, but that didn't matter. You still, you know, saw me for me. Mm -hmm. And it's just really interesting how a lot of these things are coming together. Things from season one, I didn't think were come back, have come back, you know, like the gun. Yeah. Talking, still talking about Cornell's death and the ramifications of that. Um, Still bringing in like, Uncle Pete and Mabel, I thought that was really interesting how a lot of those threads that I thought, oh, you know, done. But no, there's more to this quilt. It just keeps going. I kind of thought like all of we'd ever see of Mama Mabel going forward would be the one picture on the desk. I did not think we'd get more flashbacks to her and to Pete. There's one episode left, but I feel like at this point, we're probably not going to get it. I wish we'd had Mahershala Ali back to do... Like a flashback scene as Cornell. Either uh, like a flashback of a moment with him and Tilda, I think would have been nice. Um, just because we didn't get to see that relationship that she talked about. Or to have him be one of the voices in the room when Mariah was there with Pete and Mama Mabel. 
Oh. For a second, I thought that's who it was going to be, was him, and it wasn't. I was a little disappointed, but Uncle Pete, fine. Yeah, it made sense. That would have been wonderful, but I, I'm pretty sure he's probably was working on something else. And yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a big actor. A little hard, probably, to pin him down for a cameo appearance. Yeah, but you're right. That would have been great. Well, we are going to find out where all of these threads go in the finale, which is next week. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Luke Cage, season two, episode 13. They reminisce over you. And now we are going to cover some news. So we have news about uh, Marvel's phase four release schedule following some changes about Black Widow. Yeah. So if you're not aware, there's a global pandemic going on right now. And it has, even the mouse can't fight the plague. So the next movie that was supposed to come out was Black Widow. I think we're supposed to have already had a couple of the series on Disney Plus. But all those timelines, the shows that were supposed to be on Disney Plus have been pushed because of production issues. They couldn't finish making the shows because of COVID restrictions. And then they haven't been able to release Black Widow because movie theaters aren't really open. And they saw the poor performance of Tenet, which is like the first big movie to come out since the theaters kind of opened back up and it didn't do particularly well. And they don't want to waste a Marvel blockbuster for a lackluster performance. So it's been pushed back. So we have new dates for everything. So the next thing we're going to get is WandaVision, which is now going to be the first series that we get. And it's supposed to come out sometime before the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like maybe around Thanksgiving it dropped because you get a lot of people viewing over that period or around Christmas again, because those are good times to release shows that people can binge watch. That makes sense. It's supposed to be, I think, what, six episodes? Yeah, six Mm -hmm. episodes. So, yeah, around the holidays, that would be a good chance, good time to do it. Yeah. Actually, we don't know for sure that they're going to drop it all at once, though, because that's not the way they released The Mandalorian. They did an episode a week. So who knows? I know it could be one of those things that, you know, it premieres at Christmas. It's right. It premiered this year. It could be Christmas. And it's like we get two episodes this year and the other four in January. We don't really know. Yep. So. That's the news on that is we don't know for sure, but sometime before the end of the year. After that, we have Black Widow, which was supposed to come out May 1st of this year and then got pushed back to November something. And now it's being pushed to May 7th of next year of 2021. So it's been pushed back a whole year. After that, we've got The Eternals. It is now being released on July 9th. Or no, sorry. No, it's, it, it's shame. Yeah. So the Eternals were supposed to come out first, but they've yes. pushed the Eternals. And so Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is July 9th. Is July 9th. And then the Eternals is November 5th, 2021. And then we have the rest of the series that are supposed to be on uh, Disney+. Plus. 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was, I believe, supposed to be the first series, but it, it they weren't able to finish producing it. So that one now is slated to be released in early 2021. Loki, also six episodes. All of these minis are six episodes, I think, is also expected in early 2021. And then What If is the 10-episode animated anthology series, which is coming out mid-2021. It depends how you define early 2021. I mean, mid is considered July. I feel like early is just before you get into like big blockbuster season. So I think May, you could still technically say early, but if you get into June, like obviously that's, you're the middle of the year. Yeah. All right. And then the sequel to Spider-Man's Far From Home is going to be directed by John Watts, and it's supposed to come out in December 2021, December 17th. So we might have four movies next year if theaters are open. Yes, if. (laughs) I hope. I do miss going to the theater. I do. But as I keep saying, I like living. Yeah, that's cool too. And I don't know about your area. My area is still iffy about things. So I, I hope um, that, you know, we get it in 2021. Disney is even hoping that we have a 2020, uh, a 2022, aren't they, Haley? <laughs> if the world is still here in 2022, uh, we've got more movies lined up. So Thor Love and Thunder is currently set to release on February 11th, 2022. And then Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is set for March 25th, 2022. And that is officially the last movie of Phase 4. And then a little bit more Disney Plus stuff coming in 2022. Hawkeye, Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk. But they, they haven't begun production yet, really. We know that they're just starting to make some major casting announcements for those shows. So they're all expected in 2022. But again, this... It kind of depends on how the next few months go. It kind of depends on how the next year goes. So the world is in a state of flux. I would imagine if it looks like their movie release schedules are going to get pushed anymore, they're going to have to start considering releasing them in some form besides movie theaters. Uh, We saw what they attempted to do with Mulan and having that premium premiere, which I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that paid the 30 bucks to see it. But also Mulan's not as big of a draw as a Marvel movie. Yeah, it's tough to use Mulan as a measuring stick because one, you know, people, live action adaptations, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And then there's also a controversy around Mulan Mm -hmm. that did not help its performance. I also, I think knowing that if you just wait two months, you'll get it with your Disney Plus subscription anyways. There's not a lot of incentive to spend the money on it. I'm not super worried about getting spoiled on Mulan. Yeah, because there's already a version out there. New Mutants actually was out in the theater. It didn't do very well because, again, because of, you know, the plague. That one I can understand dumping on the box office right now, though, because I don't think it was ever going to do well. It's had a lot of bad press leading up to this. There was a lot of inconsistencies in the production of it. So I'm not surprised. I don't think there's anything that could have made that movie do well. Yeah. I really do wish they would try this on with Black Widow. Because 
I think if they dropped Black Widow for $30, said you're not going to get it on Disney Plus for another six months, I think that would get people to actually pay for it because I know I would. Yeah. If Black Widow were, if they were like, okay, Black Widow next week, pay $30, but you're not, you know, because we're not going to put it on Disney Plus for another six months. You're going to have to wait another six months. Then, yeah, I would pay $30 to see Black Widow. Yeah. Well, and that, it's like, first of all, it's a big event movie. Also, 30 bucks is about a date night. If you would have gone to the movie with you and a plus one and you're going to get, it depends on what kind of movie theater to go to, but I, I go to one that serves beer. So we're going to get a couple of drinks. We're probably going to get like some snacks, maybe a pizza. Now I can do all that in my living room. Exactly. The dog gets to go to the movie. And the cats. <laughs> and uh, oh, the cats. The cats love Black Widow. Of course. That, I really think that because it's already in the can, so to speak, I really do think, I, re- I really wish they would try it with Black Widow. I, I th- like I said, I think if they get to the point where they have to start pushing dates again, so right now we're at May 7th, 2021, and they've got four movies set to release next year. If, if come May of next year, they still can't do a movie theater release, then I think they will. Or they'll do like a limited theatrical release and then a week later do the Disney Plus release. Yeah. Because again, I would I would pay I would pay because it's it's a big movie. It's yeah. it's a big movie. I still have no idea what Tenet's about. I just know it's a Christopher Nolan movie. I have no idea what it's about. All right. So again, so we have stuff coming up. We do plan on talking about the Disney Plus um shows. When yeah, they obviously, come on. we can't lock them into the schedule yet because we don't know when they're coming out. Yes. But when they do, we'll probably drop everything to talk about them, is my guess. Exactly. We are still up in the air about the Hellstrom uh, show on Hulu. Um, again, dear listener, if you want us to cover it and, you know, you're like, we have to have you talk about this and please let us know because then we will fit it into the schedule right now. Um, I think it's a to be determined sort of deal because we are again going through the Netflix shows and everything's still in order. So we still got an, a season of Daredevil, uh, Punisher, and then Jessica Jones. Yes. So we still got plenty of stuff to talk about. So we do have time until hopefully we get that WandaVision in possibly November, December. There's a trailer. Did you see the trailer for WandaVision? I, I like it came up in my feed, but I was at work, so I couldn't watch it. So I haven't watched it yet, but I I definitely want to. It's probably something I'm going to do when we finish the podcast. So it's a really cool trailer. Okay. Well, that's the news that we have. So what we're going to do, we're going to call our client a piece of garbage and head on out. Well, I want to thank everyone who uh, subscribes on all of the podcasting things and downloads and listens or watches on YouTube. We appreciate all of you and thank you for sticking around. Yeah. Thank you to everybody that's listening. We're almost through with Luke Cage. So if you have very strong opinions about we, what we discuss next, you should definitely let us know soon. But it's looking like we're probably going to keep rolling with the Netflix stuff. 
again, like Michelle said, if you have strong feelings about us discussing Hellstrom, then let us know because right now it's probably not going to be a super high priority for us to get to that. Um, but yeah, thank you for continuing to listen as we wander through the Marvel Universe. Okay, so until next time, I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Haley. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Music. And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Haley. Oh, (laughs) hold on. Dramatic pause. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Okay, hold on. All right. And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. Oh my God. And I'm Agent Haley. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Okay. Hold on. I realized what button I pushed wrong. Okay, here we go. Take three. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Haley. And there we go. All right. Had a bumpy start, but hey, that's what editing's for. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.